when Marcelo Bielsa went to Colombia to interview for the position of head coach, this was way before 2010, he came with various boxes filled with dossiers. Dossiers with all types of scouting reports, all types of numbers, statistics, and all types of different information from various players of the Colombian national team. It was a very similar situation when he went to Chile. He did the same, but not only that, he also did something that was quite interesting, which was asking, demanding for certain aspects of the infrastructure within the Chilean Federation, the ANFP, that needed to be fixed in order for him to take over. At that time, the promises were made. At that time, the wishes were granted to a certain extent. And Bielsa took over the Chilean national team. He did not take over with Colombia because those wishes that were asked for were not going to be granted in any way, shape, or form. Of course, as a little sidetrack, now you start listening to Alexis Sanchez in his press conference talking about the lack of infrastructure or outdated infrastructure within the Chilean Federation, talking about the showers and the excrement coming out of them when taking showers, and you start to understand exactly what Bielsa was asking for. Well, fast forward now, nearly a decade, and he does the same thing at Uruguay, and Uruguay says, yes, absolutely. They start. And it was very similar. When he sat down with the president of the Uruguayan FA, National he had a dossier of 150 pool players, 150 Uruguayan footballers, that he was looking into way before even considering considering taking over the Uruguayan national team. He had the same information of all players, everybody from Darwin Nunez all the way to players from the Uruguayan League. And, and I'm talking about Uruguayan League, I'm talking about from Peñarol Nacional all the way down to teams that were in the second division almost. So when you analyze... What Marcelo Bielsa, look, what I'm trying to say here, I'm not talking as a Bielsist, which I am not. I appreciate Bielsa. I don't appreciate Bielsism. The symbol is always appreciated. The fanatical side of it all, and of course you can apply that for many aspects of life, it can end up being something detrimental to the idea of what the symbol actually means. Sometimes even denigrating it, bastardizing it, and even kind of transforming it into something that's not, which is what Bielsism has done to a certain extent with the philosophies and, and the way of thinking of Marcelo Bielsa. Now, I'm not saying that he's the greatest coach in history. I'm just saying he's one of the more respected ones in world football. Maybe even in world football history, he's among those. But that's another debate for other people to have. When it comes to what he's been able to do, not my words. This is Darwin Nunez saying it. Darwin said that, that basically what he's been able to do is to have information already given to the players so when they're flying into the national team camp, they already know exactly what they're going to do or how they're going to prepare for matches. But keep in mind that when you are part of the national team, especially nowadays, when you are part of a national team, you have very little time to prepare. You have two practices to be able to get in before your first match. 
you might have a practice or two in between. But that's a different that's a different topic. The preparation that you need to have, everything that you need to have in place before your players arrive into camp ends up being the difference between the team being prepared or not. So when you look at what Marcelo Bielsa has been able to do, Darwin Nunez knows what he has to do. Sergio Rochet knows what he has to do. And so on and so forth. Valverde and Nico de la Cruz and many others know exactly what they have to do once they get to camp. They know how they have to set themselves up. They know how they have to play. They know where their responsibilities lie. And not only that, they know where their responsibilities lie in reference to their teammates around them. So that preparation takes a great deal of work. Meetings and, and, and anticipating how these players are going to come, the amount of time they've played, the amount of time they haven't played. Everything that you have to detail into the preparation of these types of matches ends up being vital. Not only that, what Marcelo Bielsa has been able to do, and again, this is not me trying to make this an aggrandizing figure. I'm not trying to make him greater than what he is. I'm just talking about the work that he's been able to do and how it's impacted the players because Darwin Nunez in a press conference, and I, Darwin Nunez tends to be the player that is, is going to be mentioned a lot in this episode. Why? Because, well, he's been the one that's been in the middle of the spotlight during this entire World Cup qualifying phase. Darwin Nunez has said that one of the things that Bielsa's done that has helped him not only understand his philosophy, but also has helped him at Liverpool. And we see how, how much of an impact he's been with Liverpool this season. Little tidbits, drop back a meter or two, place yourself out here a little bit more, understand where the ball's going to be coming. Just little tiny adjustments that Bielsa's been able to do are not only so Darwin Nunez or Nico de la Cruz understand. It's, it's Darwin Nunez to understand in reference to Nico de la Cruz or Mosala or or Thiago Alcantara or maybe not going through a great run of form, but uh, and Alexis McAllister or so on and so on and so on. You end up learning, and Valverde has said this to many others in the Uruguayan national team have also attested to this, that Bielsa has been able to help them at the club level as well with some of the bits of advice. And, and now, we can take a step back and we also look at other players, but in the past, Pablo Aymar talked about the impact he's had. Pablo Aymar talks about the impact he's had as, for him as a player, and not only as a player, as a coach now. So, when you start to analyze the impact that Marcelo Bielsa is having, well, it's, it's a big one at Uruguay. Keep in mind, he's a coach that ended up breaking two very long streaks. One of 22 years of having not beaten Brazil in their own backyard. And one where he had never, or Uruguay had never beaten Argentina World Cup qualifying play. Now, let's not, in, let's not include Copa America on that. That's a different topic, but yes, you can include that if you want to. That was basically the last time that Uruguay beat Argentina on Argentine soil. And you do that in back-to-back -back matches, 
ladies and gentlemen, you have to say nothing else, but you, you can basically say that these Uruguayan players have started to believe in what Marcelo Bielsa is selling them. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you don't like him or you do like him or you worship him or you abhor him. But the reality is that the players that have to listen are listening and buying in. Does this make them a contender for anything big? Maybe. I don't know. It's still early. But if there's a team in South American football that's made a huge statement, that has made a gigantic statement in terms of what they've been able to do and have translated onto the pitch and have translated into results, it's definitely Uruguay, who in the process got much younger, in the process had a lot of their sacred cows excluded or kind of ushered away in, in the back. Sometimes even being excluded completely. Luis Suarez and Cavani were a bit of an exception to the rule. Same thing for Jose Maria Jimenez, who did come in later on in the match against Argentina. But in the past, Luis Suarez would have never been on the bench and, and never would have been on the bench and not played a match being healthy. Obviously, Cavani got injured, so that's a different topic. But when you analyze everything that's going on, and now that Darwin Nunez is the man, and now that Nico de la Cruz is one of his partners, and Jorge Andarascaeta can come into his own, and Federico Valverde is this linchpin in the middle. He's just absolutely unstoppable in the middle of the pitch. Ugarte. New names. A new generation of players. New generation of players that have matured quickly and in the most strenuous of situations at the biggest clubs in the world. Well, you surely know that this team has the potential. Keep, please underline what I said there. Has the potential for big things. Did they basically slam the, the, the table and say, hey, we're here. Argentina aren't going to win the Copa America that easily? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. There's still a long ways to go <laughs> from now in the middle to end of November 2023 to the middle of next year, of next summer. A lot of things can happen. But they sure, they surely have done one thing. They have asserted themselves as a team to beat in world football. Now, will time continue to establish that pattern or, or be able to establish their run of form? That's still to be seen. I'm only talking about the immediate. We're prisoners of the present because we can't tell the future. We are destined by the past based on what we've been able to do. Therefore, our present ends up being what ends up dictating things more than anything else. Now, they could lose against Paraguay and also, ah, they're the worst team in the world. That could happen too. But as of right now, as of today, they're a team with a coach that has been able to really make an impact in South American football. No doubt about it. How long will it last? Again? I don't know. But one thing's for sure. They have completely changed their identity without changing their roots. They've been able to show a style of play that is impressive, that is completely more fluid, that is completely more high-octane. No longer are you depending on the long ball to Luis Suarez and Cavani. 
No longer are you depending on the second ball and seeing what ends up happening and trying to battle each and every ball. And, and some of your matches look more like, I don't know, ground and pound football instead of fluid, well-technically played football. I'm not saying one's worse or one's better than the other. Some had, one had its results. The other one's slowly beginning to show theirs. Slowly. But, like I said before, Uruguay is definitely a team to watch.